Hello, and welcome to Launch Left. I'm your host, Rain Phoenix. Today's very special guest is Band of Horses. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Follow us on all socials at Launch Left. Welcome, Ben, from Band of Horses to the show. Hey, how are we doing? Are you in uh, South Carolina? I am. Yeah, I'm at home. Uh, and uh, just outside of Charleston, South Carolina. I spent some time in Charleston doing a movie. God, I think it was like in 98 called Oh. We shot it there. It was the like remake of Othello. I love the South. It's so beautiful as far as horticulture. And, you know, people are always nice. But there was also this kind of unspoken, but definitely energetically felt by me, like intense racial divide that was very, at times, disturbing in that particular city. You've just felt the karmic past so intensely to me. I was always like, ow, you know, there were certain parts of the city that hurt to pass through. Wow, you're going straight for it. Um, yeah, I tend yeah. to do that. I'm sorry. No, but no, anyway. that's, that's amazing. <laughs> um, not the funniest subject, but um, yeah, it's um, it's something, even as a kid coming here, because um, I grew up in the middle of the state, um, which is probably even more gross, um, like coming as like, you know, field trips and stuff as a kid uh, and going to like the market and stuff, which is basically the market where they sold slaves, one of the biggest ports to bring in uh, enslaved folks. Um, it's always been this like intense, like, yeah, dark blanket um, that does exist here very much. And I, uh, I've, I've recognized it since I was a kid and uh, I still feel it today. Yeah. It's, it's like the, you know, Definite ghost, ghost oh energy. God, yeah. yeah, like absolutely. Like yeah, it's, it's sadness. It's like you said, blanket was a perfect way to say it. It's like a, a heaviness. Well, it's, it's um, weird when there's people like, you know, that are like coming as tourists coming here um, to go shop shop at the market and stuff like that, and don't realize the like the history of what they're actually their feet are, are touching upon there. Um, and the capitalistic grossness of it all mixed in with like the ignorance is just, it's kind of, well, it's absurd. There was a shop there that I like to go to called new South. I don't know if they still exist. It was like streetwear. They were taking oh, back the rebel yeah. flag and making it reggae colors or something. And yeah, it was and Jamaican so, colors. Yeah, uh, Af African nation flags. Um, yeah. Yes, that's so cool. Yeah, I, mean, I love I that like, stuff. Yeah, that was one of I mean, my favorite places kinda. to go. It's it's still tough to see the stars and bars like that. I know. Yeah, like in any form or fashion, in a way. Like, I kind of repel from it. I mean, yeah. I, I absolutely repel from it. The new record is fantastic, and I loved hearing how you kind of... I'm I'm a huge fan of changing things up when it, when it feels right, and I loved hearing how you kind of morph and change with the creative. Like, well, I've been lucky enough to work with good friends of mine, mm -hmm. um, and that makes it even more hard. Um, just having to having to have those tough conversations like I think I'm going to go in a different, like a different direction. And I, I feel like 
the direction is going to be outside of our direction together. Um, that stuff sucks. And it's, it's, it's tough when you love people. I, I tend to, I tend to be a pleaser and a lover um, where it's really difficult for me to be honest sometimes, like brutally. I mean, I'm very easy to be honest, but not um, when it comes to professional stuff or creative stuff. Uh, I find it really hard to, to let people down or feel like I'm going to let them, I'm letting them down by saying I'm going off on my own in a different direction. Having made that choice as hard as it was, it was a good choice to make. I'm just, you're obviously <laughs> very intuitive as well. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it was the, the moves that we made were the right ones. It was expensive and stupid at times. And sometimes maybe a bit like, you know, clandestine, like kind of like, or hiding in the shadows type shit where you're like, man, I know this thing ain't it yet. So let's just hang tight for a second. I'm going to figure this damn thing out. But it did lead to like, yeah, greener pastures, better art, I think. Um, And I I think to answer your question better um, is after, you know, this is a six damn album for this band. Like, and I was in another band for like 10 years. Um, at what point do you like steer your own ship or do you say, you know what? I deserve a chance at least to make artistic directions a bit more, you know, with a bit more jab or something like that, a bit more like get out of my damn way. Uh, and no offense to anybody that worked on the record or any of the records before, but at some point you got to drive your own bus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we'll see if it, we'll see how that works out. Cause it doesn't, it's all, who knows what's, uh, if it's good or not, who cares? How do you know that, you, that you're successful or like your album was a success? Like you did a good ass job. Who knows? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's always been up to you to whether or not to steer it, but you finally like had the confidence or like, you know what? I want to do this. And so it really wasn't so much about any of the other people involved in terms of them stopping you from doing that. It was about you having the like confidence to. I think I was ready, I guess, but it took, I mean, I'm kicking and screaming all the way through it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I still don't, I don't have that confidence. I never have. I didn't mean to even end up in this job, but I'm really glad it came to me. Um, But no, I'm still like, you know, haphazardly and reticently or whatever like just like oh shit what are we doing so for better or worse yeah i have held the reins um and and even in the in the records that aren't as good as this one it was still my damn decision it's still my fault if it sucked well speaking of um you said you don't even know how you really got into this necessarily i was going to ask you how at what point did you know or start to play music at at what age and when did you kind of find music or when did music find you god music found me luckily since i was an infant um my parents were really into great music and i heard music all night every night basically um Mm -hmm. because they would like throw parties and just all this music playing um so I was lucky to be brought up with good music and kind of beaten into my bones. <laughs> and then um, I quit school 
uh, my second ninth grade year, I quit school and um, moved out to Tucson, Arizona and met some kids that were like um, musicians. <laughs> Weird. And uh, they, I was, because I had a car, I was useful. So we started to like drive around um, the West and, and get them shows and stuff like that. Um, at some point, I'll fast forward. Um, I move out to Seattle by myself, get a job at a, um, a rock club that was owned by Peter Buck from REM at the time. Uh, it was owned by him. The and, crocodile. Uh, <laughs> you got it. Yeah. They hired me with my sleeping bag on my back. Um, wow. and I was underage. I shouldn't have been working there. So I had like a fake ID and Isaac from Modest Mouse helped me get the job. Um, and, um, I worked there for, I mean, damn, I want to say like five or six years, maybe, maybe more. Um, and I was like in the dish pit, you know, I started in the dish pit, worked my way up to being a line cook, learned how to cook. And, um, I saved every tip that I got. I saved every tip and, um, started a record label and that's where music really found me. Wow. Wow. So you started a record label before you were a musician. I've never been a musician. I just got thrown into it. So I, I start this record label and those two friends from Tucson, Arizona, I start to release their records. Um, and then one of their members, funny enough, uh, their drummer, ends up leaving to be a, like a, a utility player for Modest Mouse. And so they need a drummer. And they're like, well, we like Ben. And we get along. We know we can get along on the road. So they taught me how to play drums a little bit, which was I'm, I'm a terrible drummer. But um, there's no such thing because we all like to feel and play music the way we <laughs> feel and play. Right. Um, but I, you know, I was good enough to play with them for a while. And then that band broke up uh, and no one was using the practice space. So I went up there and tried to learn how to play guitar and sing songs. Like, I'm going to give you three reasons why I started playing music. Which one was like one out as the most important sex, drugs or rock and roll? Pretty decent question (laughs) because of um, where I come from and like, and growing up on that music and hearing Every day on the way to a baseball game or to school, my parents like blasting music. Um, rock and roll means a lot to me. Um, I can tell you, like, yeah, to get a pretty girlfriend, it ain't a bad idea to get into uh, being a, a guitar person or a singer mm-hmm. um, or to get some free drugs or something or to find a place to go do drugs. Not a bad job. But no, <laughs> rock and roll reigns true. If you had to pick one album, what album changed your life? Okay. When Crooked Rain came out, I was still in high school, my second, ninth grade year. And um, I snuck her Jeep out and drove uh, to Charleston with like my girlfriend. And we saw Pavement play. Because it's funny. I want to say, oh, maybe it was Wowie Zowie because... They had two records that came out within like a year of each other. And it was like, what the fuck, dude? Pavement's got all this stuff. And I'm still like a nubber. I'm like, what, 14, 15? But I had a, enough driver's license that I could, uh, 
at least not get um, in trouble getting pulled over. Um, so there was a turning point there discovering pavement. I'm guessing it was Crooked Rain, though. So you were 14, you said, when you discovered it? Yeah, yeah. I was lucky that my, my brother was into good music. He was like four years older than I am. My brother got me into really good music when I was um, going into like junior high or something like that. Um, like 12 or 13, he got me into like Dinosaur Jr. and uh, Sonic Youth. And yes. that kind of stuff, like the SST stuff, Matador stuff, and Sub Pop stuff uh, informed my uh, mm-hmm. later childhood. Mm-hmm. Lucky me. Do you, rem- do you remember what format you listened to that pav- pavement record on? Whether cassette it was like tape. Cassette, yeah. Yep. So cool. Um, have you felt differently about that record over the years? Oh, I feel more and more for it. I mean... Uh nostalgia is a thing i believe and um i yeah i guess i find more relevance in the era and where it hit me like the time that it hit me um but i also still find more relevance in the songs you find things in those songs that you didn't hear when you were a kid um or understand the lyrics better um yeah i i I think I hold it even tighter now. And uh, do you have a top song from that record? Shit. <laughs> I mean, Gold Sounds, I guess, like, makes me just want to fucking cry <laughs> every time I hear it. Like, it reminds me of uh, people that, you know, from those days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the whole thing, I mean, you can start that album from the start to finish. Give me the whole thing. I ain't choosing one song. Did you feel the album introduced you to other important records in your life? Absolutely. Like gateway drug? <laughs> Absolutely. It was so pivotal to me in my in my early journey that um and getting into like indie rock and punk rock stuff, um, which in Irmo, South Carolina, there weren't a lot of us, you know. It was it was definitely like the gateway into like a whole burgeoning indie rock thing uh, and scene. And, you know, those guys are from back then. They're from Stockton, California, which might as well be in damn Paris, France. Mm-hmm. Um, they're so far away and no one stops off the damn highway to come to Columbia or Charleston. They go to Athens, Georgia, or they go to damn Chapel Hill, North Carolina. They skip us. So we know we got to make journeys to go see our bands, right? Um, but speaking of Chapel Hill, um, there was a bunch of bands coming out of there. Um, Archer of the Loaf being my favorite at the time. They're close enough. To, you feel like they're the hometown team. Um, but you also had Polvo and Super Chunk and a mm-hmm. lot of those bands, um, not to mention R.E.M. Um, down the road in Athens doing what they do. But by that time, they become superstars. Yeah, and you want to hang your hat on, on, yeah, again, like the local team or like, you know, some local bands. We just didn't have that. We didn't have local bands that were on that level. The Archers of Loaf, they were like competing on that damn level. Um, so I, I saw Archers in probably five or six different states I've seen them in. And, and now Matt from Archers plays in our band for the second time. He's with us. And, uh, I still hold them in as high of a regard 
as I do the pavements and the dinos and the sebados and them. Off that, I'm curious if there's any more um, current bands that might be under the radar that you know of or have heard of or even artists that you've heard of them play you a song and you're like, oh, I want to say their name out loud. I don't mean to be like Charleston-centric, but there's some good, some really great bands down here. Um, my friend Feline, uh, her band's called Feline, F-A-L-I-N-E. Uh, she does some rad shit. Uh, she Returns from War is another band that I love down here. And mm. uh, Susto, S-U-S-T-O. Um, not to mention, um, well, I, there's a band from L.A. I love called uh, Bachelor. I love their record that came out uh, last year or the year before. Um, but I'm kind of lagging right now. I think I need to, I think I need, it's funny. I get so far up my own ass with making records sometimes that I forget to listen and like listen to music. And that's when I'm like the least happy, Mm. honestly, is when I'm not discovering new stuff. So Mm. I'm definitely due now that this album's finally getting out and off my damn back. I, it's like one of those, I, I go in cycles like that and I'm, I'm definitely right for the picking as far as music fan person goes. What on this record did you do differently than you've done on every previous record? Well, besides like kind of, you know, muscling my way in to the production a bit more, I'd say the thing that was most profound to me was um, talking the way I talk. Saying words like fuck, saying words like shit. That's the way I talk, fucking shit. So it was kind of, li- it was very liberating to just be myself and tell my story the way that I would tell my fucking story and shit, <laughs> the way I fucking tell it and shit. So pardon the cuss words. I'm not sure if this is like um, supposed to be family friendly, but no, you're fine. <clears throat> but it felt important to me to speak the way I speak um, because I'd been a bit like censored um, in the previous record where it's like, Oh, don't say it like that. Don't, don't say that Um, from the get. Honestly, people tell me like, don't cuss on a record now or don't, don't be who you are. I felt like it was important to at least um, take a stab at uh, talking the way I talk. Yeah, I mean, I think censorship is a real nefarious thing in any capacity, in any way that it manifests. So uh, self-censorship is part of that. And so good for you. <laughs> yeah, and but it's not just the cuss words and stuff. Honestly, it's it's like there was a lot of intense things going on personally. So it's, it's like you have to be brave enough to tell the story correctly. <laughs> or like not be afraid to tell it the way you see it happening. Um, of course, you also have to add in his, hers, and the truth, right? Like mm. you're allowed to to balance that out, but don't be afraid to tell your version of it the way that you see it um, for fear of, you know, well, I have four daughters, like, are they going to hear this one day or is my ex-wife going to hear this one day? Like, are people going to hear this and be like disturbed by the TMI shit? Like, right. 
there's some freedom in being honest, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that was a bit of a leap for me. Let me know if I'm incorrect with this, but I think what you're saying is that there, while it's important to be honest, it does require a level of skillfulness to not harm people in your honesty too. Is that what you kind of meant? I, I do, but I also mean it's also important to tell or to show both sides of the coin. Mm. So even if you think I might be talking about my perspective, it might be, you know, his, hers, or the truth at times. Right. You know what I mean? I want to make sure that there's a balance to make sure that it's being there. We're keeping the balance to make sure it's not just like um, shit talking. Yeah. Yeah. A one sided rant. Yes, yeah. ma'am. I won't. It's not fair. You know what? I'm going to jump around here. Did you see the Beatles thing? One of my favorite, like, sentences that they said was, it doesn't sing well, doesn't sing right. To me, what I was trying to say about the lyrics is you found a way to make your stories or your truth or your he said, she said, sing right, too. And that's, that's an art in itself, so... That's Yay. mighty, mighty, <laughs> mighty kind. Hooray! Yeah, um, <laughs> mighty kind of you. Um, that is a thing because um, you want to tell again, like yeah, you want to talk the way you talk. You want to you want to tell it as it is or as it was as correctly as possible. Um, and sometimes, yeah, those words can sound ugly. Um, mm-hmm. There definitely is a bit of a. I'm not sure if it's an art because I, I don't want to like pat myself on the back because uh, I would never. Uh, but I, there is some snaking around and you don't want to use too many metaphors and obscure the narrative. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. <laughs> Shit. I hope the record's good because <laughs> I hope the songs, you want it to be universal. You know, you want it to be universal for all that are listening. You want those stories to become their stories and then them to put themselves inside of those stories and not you. I can finally like get them off my back. Mm. Um, There is a fine balance between being painfully honest yet artfully skillful in Mm -hmm. the, uh, the words department. I wish you all the luck because I do think you don't need it so i'm just gonna wish it for you anyway oh shit thanks back at you i'm not i i think uh you know the record's really saying something and and it'll resonate where it's supposed to right i hope Um, so yeah so you've got four daughters and how many dogs uh i wanted to ask actually about speaking of seattle are do you still have the label that you started there after working at the crocodile no no i i felt like i was like kind of impeding people's uh, progression in their careers. I'm like, this is a hobby label. It's a stepping stone. Uh, and I could get them to sub pop or, you know, a different label. There's so many damn labels up there at the time. Um, it was just to, so they could have like CDRs and shit to sell at their shows. That's cool though. That's, I mean, providing a service to, Artists, even ahead of you knowing you were a musical artist, is pretty. I think sometimes that helps clear the way for your own stuff because it's all about offering too. You can't. It can't be all about you. So damn right. You know, know. if you want to hear something funny though, um, so if you've heard of the band Iron and Wine, 
Oh yeah, I played with them. Yeah, I've opened for there them. There we a couple go. Times. Well, Sam, Sam's from Chapin, South Carolina. I'm from Irma. They're like rival football schools, like mm-hmm. just down the street from one another. And he is a good friend of my brother's. Um, that same brother that got me into good music. <laughs> he and Sam are the same age. And uh, I was going to sign, I was going to put out Sam's first record. Um, Cause he was kind of like a hobby musician at the time. And uh, I was like, damn, I'm going to ruin this guy's damn career. There's no way he can start like, like his music is too important to be on Brown records. Um, so that's where I'm, um, I handed his music to uh, Sub Pop, Megan Jasper, who's like my mentor. Um, Megan's the shit. She's still the GM at Sub Pop. And wow. uh, so I, I get, I kind of, you know, help bridge the gap to get Sam to Sub Pop. Um, and then a couple of years later, I formed Band of Horses and uh, Sam has me open up for him in Seattle. And Sub Pop comes up and like gets my demo CD. And in turn, we got each other signed to Sub Pop Records from, wow. the exact, from the catty corner of the shit towns of South Carolina, all the way up to Seattle, Washington. If you can see America right here and Florida sucks. Yeah. So don't think about Florida. Georgia's down here. Go dogs. But uh, <laughs> I beg somehow- your pardon. <laughs> Sorry. It's fine, actually. Gainesville, North Central Florida is okay. I know, I know. I, I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. But, That's uh, amazing, though. What a cool story. Yeah. We, we both got one another signed to Sub Pop Records from the farthest corner, almost. I'm so glad we met. Thank you for Back sharing you, this time. Bro. Yeah. Great job, was- Rain. Launch Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields.